If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Colleen and I'm here with Jill and we are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Hey, Jill, how are you doing today? Hi, doing well. How are you? (laughs) Good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, I was thinking about a class that I took in college and I'm sure you had these classes where, I don't know if you did summer school, I would take like fun electives in summer school or things that I just wanted to get out of the way. And one summer I took a film class because it sounded like fun. It was summertime easy. Right. But I really had no idea going into that film class that I would end up learning so much and loving film so much. And one of the things that I took away from that experience. I I watched movies that I never would have watched, certainly, including an Italian film called Cinema Paradiso, which is a a movie that I I thought foreign film, like at that time in my young, probably, you know, 19 or 20 year old mind was like foreign film. No, I don't want to, I don't want to watch that. It was amazing. And so it gave me an appreciation for something new. And there were, you know, plenty of other films and, and we studied the scores and we studied lighting and all these other things that really opened my eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you have any experiences like that? Whether it was elementary school, high school, college, that you didn't know you were going to end up just glomming onto something and you weren't that excited about it to begin with. And then it really became part of you. Do you have an example? I don't know that I have an example, but I love that feeling. I love being, um, <laughs> I love being like pleasantly surprised at something that I was maybe dreading or I felt uncomfortable with and then realizing how much I would love it. So I love that feeling. Um, I can't, maybe as we talk, I'll think of some examples. Okay. Okay. If you think of something, because what, what I'm going to bring up is actually about reading. So something might spur in your mind that, um, that might come out. So again, this is another idea from Danielle Ionelli from St. Viator Elementary School in Chicago. And I know I've talked about Danielle before, but she's a, she's a really creative spirit and she teaches fourth and fifth grade. And this idea is actually about exposing students to reading. And I know you and I have done episodes before about um, how can we get students excited about reading? How can mm-hmm. teachers, you know, re- just have a really positive impact? Um, we we talked recently about um, bookstores. Bookstores are still thriving, even though there's there's digital books. A lot of people listen to audiobooks. I I listen to audiobooks. You read digital books, but there's nothing like 
holding a book in your hand, right? And so well, trying and, to instill that is important. And I will say what this topic happens all the time when I read a book. So, okay. so a friend says, Hey, you should read this. And you're like, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. And then you read it and you love it. So I'm pleasantly surprised by books all the time. And it's because, you know, the whole, you can't judge a book by its cover, like yeah. I get all that, but I, it, I feel it every single time. Yeah. I and I, I like it. I think, well, okay. So let me tell you what, what, what Danielle's idea is she does this thing called Starbucks in her classroom. And this is with her fifth grade class. They okay. do Starbucks where she transforms the room into a cafe. So hence the term Starbucks. It's mm-hmm. not Starbucks, uh-huh. but it's Starbucks. Okay. okay. That makes sense. Sure. Okay. So she, she transforms the room into a cafe, beautiful tablecloths. And she, uh, she puts the, you know, the kids are actually in her classroom. The kids are kind of set up in tables anyway. So she lays out these giant platters of books. And Love she, it. yes, it's a she, book tasting. Is that what bo- this is? <laughs> it's a book tasting. I love it. It is a book tasting. Yes. So this is, this is almost better than, than book club too, because mm-hmm. you just get to touch all these different books and mm-hmm. it's all the, the point of it really, of course, it's exposure to many, many, many different books. It's kids engaging with something that looks appealing to them, or they read the back of the book and it sounds appealing or, you know, the, the visual on the, on the cover, um, it, it raises interest in different topics because there are nonfiction books, there are fiction books, and it's influencing students to, um, to read, to find something that they want to read. So she, she does partner with a book distributor on this and she gets boxes and boxes of books. Yeah. And then all of the kids have to find something to read and really thinking about what's really important here is exposing students to all the different genres. Jill, do you have, or let's talk about when we were kids. Did you have a favorite genre of book when you were in elementary school? Yeah, absolutely. I loved realistic fiction and, and my daughter does this too. And so mm-hmm. whenever I would try a different genre, I would, I would fumble through it. And even as an adult, obviously I have, I have favorites, but, but it's fun to grab a book that's in a different genre than what you love and then still be pleasantly surprised by it. So I do the same thing with movies too. I always, I gravitate toward, you know, romantic comedies or something. And then when I watch something else, I think, Oh, that was actually better than I thought. Okay. So I'm trying to think when I was a kid, what I, and I I've told you before, I used to read, um, choose your own adventure books and yeah. encyclopedia. Brown I books. loved it. Babysitter's club. I read all of them. Okay. Okay. Babysitter's club goosebumps. Was that a thing? Yeah. But I hated those. I hate being spooked. Like I do not like the feeling of that. Yeah. I, I have been reading horror since I oh, was, gosh, no, oh, yeah. no way. Oh, yeah. Not me. Can't do it. Yeah. I'm a horror junkie and I always have them, but I think I started out reading, you know, like the, the mystery books and it was the mystery books that, that got me hooked. It's the, it's the whodunit, but sci-fi was always something that I was like, I don't know if I'm ever going to get into sci-fi. I am like a sci-fi junkie and, and it's one of my favorite things to teach. When I taught middle school, I loved, um, like dystopian sci-fi stuff, but now, sure. that, now that my Catholic worldview has been shaped much better over time, uh-huh. I really can't, I can't read those. I can't hand them mm. to middle schoolers and Catholic mm. schools. Like I feel, I feel better about, um, what I'm reading, looking for something that's beautiful and true and positive and all like a Catholic worldview is really important to me now. But as a public school teacher, I very much loved like the dystopian sci-fi stuff. I just, I can't do it anymore. Maybe it's my mom, the mom and me too. I just yeah. don't want my own kids reading too much. That's, um, that's too out there. 
Okay. So that, that is a big question here then mm -hmm. Jill is, so is reading for pleasure, any reading, good reading, or would you say, no, some reading is actually harmful reading. My view on this has changed over time. I, okay. I think I, as a beginning, I mean, I was a teacher for 10 years, mm -hmm. be, you know, before diving back into Catholic leadership, but in that time, I, um, I let kids read whatever they wanted to. And I think back to some moments where I really shouldn't have done that. I really, I really shouldn't have. And I think, uh, this, again, this is, there's a difference between public schools and Catholic schools. And so I, now that I'm a mom and now that I'm a Catholic school leader, there's no way I would let kids read some of the stuff that I was handing off to middle schoolers and public schools. I really feel bad about it now. I'm thinking back, but oh, me too. nothing horrific, maybe, no. but I, I still had a good judgment, but I not stuff. I think they should be reading. <laughs> It's okay. hard to say. I, and I agree with you on that. And I can think back to some examples because I really did want to give kids choice. And yeah, because I, I really do. do believe in that. Like kids, do. I, I want them to read. Yes. I want them to choose it um, so that they own it. But, mm -hmm. you know, thinking back, I did allow kids to read things that were, even though they were higher level readers, uh, the subject material itself was probably not appropriate for them. That well, that's what I regret that, but I also regret now there's such a flux of young adult literature that is coming from a very anti-Catholic angle. Oh, I would yeah. just say that, um, yep. just, you know, who we are and who we're called to be like very anti-Christian anthropology as the baseline of morality. Yep. And so mm -hmm. we really do have to be more careful. And some of that comes with maybe my age and wisdom, but I also think it's also just coming at us so much more quickly than it had in previous generations. So I, I very much, um, I don't know, I filter through some things my own kids read, but I also talk to them about it. And I just don't want any school to replace that role of parent and mm. deciding what kids should be reading. So I give my own kids teachers uh, grace because it's hard to sort oh, yeah. through everything, yep. but I understand where parents and teachers maybe disagree about what students should be reading. Yeah. Yeah. So if you do, if you are a school, if, you, if you're listening and you are a school that does a book fair, um, you want to be real careful about which, uh, which companies you're partnering with and, and what kinds of literature they set out or, or just make sure that they understand that the books that they're putting out for your students are of the Catholic worldview. And there's the bell. <laughs> oh, there's the bell. We could talk about that forever. So, oh yeah. The, the, well, and, and I, I love the book fair, but oh, that's, that's an idea for another day. So thanks for the energy boost, Jill. We do love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts, teachers. So please keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. And we will see you next time.